is that this person at some point attempted to try to get my boyfriend at the time engaged to one of their cousins overseas. I've never been through something like that. Why do you say like you say with like a Persian accent? I really, I was just like, I was just talking. No, the word, the word podcast. You're like Persian girl podcast. Oh, I like like that. I don't know. Wow, you're really analyzing me. Um, Mm, Always analyzing. I don't know. I uh, hmm. I guess I'll listen to that again when I edit this, but. This week I'm in Berlin. This week I'm in Great Neck. Yeah, Natalie's in Great Neck. And uh, yeah, had a really traumatic journey getting to Germany. Maybe we'll talk about it later. Uh, I was worried about you. Yeah, I was worried about myself too. But for this episode, this is the highly anticipated one that some of you may have been waiting for and we have juicy submissions from our listeners who kindly sent us voice notes discussing the topic that never ends which is marrying dating outside of the community whether you're on the side of being Persian or Middle Eastern or on the other side of not being Persian but dating a Persian individual in that case i'm sorry for you (laughs) yeah yeah seriously (laughs) so shall we get into it yes do it okay so here is our first submission Hello guys, thank you for having me. So basically I was born and raised in Germany, but not really religiously. Both my parents are Persian, but and I've been really raised really closely to our culture and I also value it a lot in its celebrations like Shabayaida or No Youth. Um, I met my boyfriend two years ago and it actually took us a year to become best friends and till August to start dating. He's German and was strictly raised close to religion, which is why plays an important role in his life. And I believe that dating in the Persian community isn't, in my my opinion, overall a big struggle for a lot of girls, especially as I, for example, wasn't even allowed to hang out with boys for a very long time. And I also chilled with my boyfriends most of the times when we were friends and also when we uh, started dating in secret, which led to a lot of girls I had to carry. And I really felt left alone for a long time. But what lastly helped me was talking with my Khole and Dr. Khole, who are less strict than my mother, and kind of advised me what I could do, like just general relationship questions you would usually talk with your parents or your mother at least about, and also how I could like deal with it with because of my parents as they were kind of against it. And I was scared for a long time of losing him once my parents find out about everything, but I started inviting him over a few times in a group so my mom could get to know him slowly. And it is still kind of hard with my father. And when he's around home, my boyfriend doesn't come around very often but it's definitely getting better and less awkward every time. And it was way easier with his parents, even though I was kind of worried in the beginning, even before we were a thing, that they wouldn't like it, that I'm not Christian. And it was in the beginning of August when he officially introduced me to his family as his girlfriend. And they 
really welcomed me lovely to their family and since then never failed to make me feel like I'm at home when I'm there. And some things were really new to me due to the Christian belief, but what was really something important to me and made me happy is when I was at dinner with them and my boyfriend said a grass before dinner with his family and was saying that he was grateful for and one I was one of those things and I'm also looking forward to celebrate Christian holidays like Christmas with them for the first time. Another reason why I appreciate my relationship is that even though we don't share the same culture, he always gives me a safe space to talk about my problems, which are more common in Persian or even Middle Eastern community. And he sometimes doesn't understand like the background or why I have certain problems, but he still tries to comfort me the best and understand me. Like one struggle we had in the beginning was that he was he wondered why I didn't officially introduce him to my parents like he did. And it was also kind of hard to explain for me to him because you don't just talk with your Persian parents about your boyfriend, about relationships, love and stuff, because those things are just like unspoken topics in most families. And so even though I know that my mom knows about my relationship because it's obvious that we're together, he's always around, or I hang out with him a lot. Um, I'm still kind of scared that it could be like over if I say it out loud, that it could worst case scenario happen something. So that kind of keeps me from telling them about, about it. And I mean, it would also mean to me a lot that I could like openly talk with them about it. But that's basically maybe even from past experiences, like other things where I had the feeling that I can't tell them something and keep it a secret because otherwise they would take it away from me. And I'm pretty sure that a lot of other Persians can relate it to, to this one because I have Middle Eastern friends who kind of are going through the same thing not only in relationships but like also generally have a lot of secrets which they actually don't want to have and one expectation i've always had from relationships was that i would need my significant other to be open and interested in the persian culture as well like i know a lot of girls that Want, defiantly want their boyfriend to like go Robin Sadarel and say, I don't know, Azizam, etc. But I couldn't live without our Persian cuisine tradition. And luckily, my boyfriend was instantly obsessed with it. We listened to Temptation by Olash in his car. He's obsessed with Tadik and been already multiple times to Persian restaurants. And he kind of brought me closer to our culture as well because I was really closed off of it because I didn't have many Persian friends. But once he was showed interest, I also wanted to dig deeper into our culture and history. And a piece of advice I could give is maybe that even if it seems like a Romeo and Juliet story for the bad ending, it doesn't have to be like that. I fell in love with him like almost a year ago and back then I could have never imagined that some days, maybe even sooner than I expected, despite of all obstacles, I will be in a relationship with him and happier than I could have ever imagined. Wow. That was so cute. Yeah, I read that. <laughs> Well, that was spoiler alert. That was like a happier voice note that you just yeah. <laughs> I'm, happy, I'm happy we started with a happier one. Yeah, we you know? started with like a positive one without. Yeah, give people uh, hope and impression. Um, so, oh, Millie, how about um, 
what's some commentary that you had and then i'll go into what i thought oh okay well, okay fine I'll, I'll start with the fact yeah. that like um persian parents uh, they have this weird thing where it's like they don't want to know about when you're casually dating but they want to know when you're engaged but how do you think we get engaged by dating so it's like they yeah they don't know when you're engaged but they want to know when it's like ready to be an engagement yeah yeah okay yeah sorry no, no, no. Uh, Just for, like, because I because I'm becoming more and more aware of how many listeners we also have who aren't Persian. So like yeah, true, yeah, yeah so. little details very clear. Like we don't just like, propose, like you <laughs> still need the parents' approval. But yeah, like that you're right. Yeah. We want to know when it's at that point. Yeah. So in, in most I would say for most of my cousins, like most people I know personally who are married in the Persian community, they only want to meet your significant other and your significant other's family um at this dinner that they do for everyone to meet each other right before the engagement mm-hmm. so it's like uh i don't know if there's a specific like an actual word to the dinner but it, it basically it's just a dinner for the families to meet each other before they officially get engaged so everyone could be like yeah you're chill whatever like, i got to meet you i got to talk to you a little bit yeah, like nouveau like this is a more modern version yeah um so like the it's not like regular like, where the woman has to come with a tray of tea and like serve it to everyone and like whatever yeah but except i heard um bukharians still do that i'm sure bukharians still do yeah so if anyone who doesn't know what a bukharian is it's basically like a worse version of <laughs> So they're from this land, Uzbekistan, which used to be part of the Persian Empire and then was taken over by, I think, the Soviet Union. I don't know my history of them. Yeah, you I was like, wow, now I'm barking on this. <laughs> my, <laughs> my history of geography isn't that great. Um, but basically, so, like, Bukharian, the language, is just like a mixture of, like, Russian and Persian. If you listen to it, like, Persians will understand half of what they say because it's, like, a little bit of Persian mixed with Russian. So my friend who's Bukharian told me that they still do like Khastagari, like they still do like when the families are meeting each other, she has to come with a tray of tea and like sugar cubes and serve it to everyone. Um, so Millie is kindly muting herself while she eats as opposed to the usual. <laughs> trying to be professional. I know, you're trying to be discreet. Um, but I'm trying to ruin it for you. So anyway, um, yeah, so that's something that definitely is hard to explain to a significant other because I feel like especially, well, she's in Germany, but um, I would say with like people of Eastern European descent in America, aka white people, um, when you're dating someone white, like I think it's very normal for people to bring around their girlfriend, even if like they've only been on three dates and it's very new. Like I think it's like very normal to like bring them around your family and introduce them and even bring them to a family holiday or something. But that is like not a thing in the Persian community. Sometimes a, a son will bring around like random girlfriends that he's not serious about. And, like, that's, like, kind of okay. But when it comes to a girl, like, you do not bring the guy to meet your family unless it's, like, right before he wants to propose. I really want to go away from saying white people. Like, we talked about this a lot in our episode, White Girls of Color. It's funny to joke about here and there. I I use it. But I think especially when we're having this discussion... I think there's so many like, oh, yeah, there's this joke. Oh, what white people have no culture. But really, there's so many different cultures within. I don't know which white people like there's within even just America, like which which denomination of Christianity, you know, are they Catholic, Protestant, so on. Mm-hmm. So and all of those families have totally different expectations. And like which again, which white people like Germans, Italians, which white. So I think like. I think what we're referring to, and it's just easier to say white people, I don't want to continue doing that because I think it's perpetuating racism, actually. But, um, or or just a kind of mentality or mindset that I don't want to 
I know you don't mean it like that, but because we have influence, I feel obligated to say this. We have influence. (laughs) I can't say I have to always make fun of myself. I don't know when I'll ever, I don't think I'll ever stop doing that. But uh, okay, wait, now I lost track of myself while making fun of myself. But you're trying to think of a better way. I think the term that, yeah, so the, I, yeah, the person you're non-Persian. No, not non-Persian, but you could say like a more in a modern household, like a modern Western secular household where like this could be found in like some Ashkenazi Jewish families where like, yeah, you could easily start introducing your new girlfriend or boyfriend. Or this could be... And well, that's, that's also wrong. Because within Ashkenazi Jewish families, there's modern Orthodox, there's Orthodox. No, I know. I'm say- That's why I'm saying, like, do you know what I yeah. mean? Because you could find secular, progressive... Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I yeah, think for me... With different like, religions and cultures. But, but think specifically, if it's a German or Italian white person, I think majority of America is such a melting pot. In regards to like Eastern European people of Eastern European descent, that people are very much German and Italian and French and this and that and Polish. Like, you know, like it's such a melting pot that like, I don't know, I think it's hard for me to like say someone is one singular thing. I Yeah, I guess we should find a better terminology for like just modern families. No, I don't mean... Yeah, anyways, it just like, yeah, westernized secular families. Um, but now that we've covered that, I also was thinking about how when she said that he was insulted that she didn't introduce him straight away to the family. And like, again, the way Persian parents receive relationships, like how you tell them about it, in what way you begin to describe, even if you are in a relationship that maybe they would, uh, they would approve of. It's never like, despite us kind of being such a, such a passionate and romantic and dramatic culture, the way we bring up these relationships to our parents are never like, I fell in love with this person and they're my soulmate. Like we can't introduce it. Like, it has to be like, Hey, like there's this person and these are their accolades and I hope you approve. Like, you know what I mean? That's kind of how we have to present yeah. it as, as if it's like a business model, like a presentation. Yeah. You have to be like, his father does this and his yeah. mother does this. Exactly. And they they're know this usual person that, you know, so like, you know what, like, social like um group they're part of and you kind of like the people that they also like so like maybe you'll like them yeah exactly and it just makes me think like well the parents that we have or the parents that you have whoever's listening to this they were at some point young and in love, whether or not that's with their spouse or was with someone else. At what point did they become the person who chose relationships for love and the parent who judges relationships based on this sort of resume? When does that happen? I think a lot of people change once they have kids because they go through this like this phase where they start to realize oh maybe my parents were right I don't know what it is it might be um out of fear of judgment from other people in the community so they feel like they have to conform to things that they fought against when they were younger but I know a lot of people that dated outside the community community but then eventually got married to people in the community. And then when their kids want to date outside the community, they're like, no, people will judge us. I, I think it all comes from fear of judgment and not actually what these people care about. I think a lot of it is just fear of judgment from the community. So a lot of people were once someone that cared about love and whatever and exploring the world and 
doing what makes you happy. But then once they got married and had kids, they were like, no, we have to do what everyone else in the community is doing to fit in. Yeah, I guess it's interesting to think about with um, the girl who sent us this voice note being from Germany. I'm not sure where in Germany she is or what kind of community there is, but I feel like it's actually from what it sounds like it's her family just cares it's it's more insular like they they care for the sake of the culture actually i don't know if there if there's such like big themes of abiru like there is in la and new york i think it's a little different but it's so interesting to get these to hear like thank you guys just for sending us these voices it's really interesting to hear um the the sort of Persian the Persian experience in other countries so yeah and how it's similar to ours and how it's yeah how it's like same bullshit um I definitely think in regards to keeping the culture alive sometimes people who come into the culture who weren't raised with it have even more of an appreciation for it and become like even more obsessed with it and want to learn how to cook like that and want yeah. to learn the history so like sometimes even marrying outside the community the person you're with ends up keeping the culture more alive in your household than if you ended up with a Persian person yeah no her and her boyfriend sound really cute and yeah I, wish them it's re- I thought it was so cute that when he was saying grace he said he was thankful for her yeah that's <laughs> I was like, oh my God, I want to throw up a little bit. That's so cute. <laughs> yeah. And he listens to Arash. So that, is, that was a cute one. Okay. Um, next one. Well, this one is a bit longer. Hi, Millie and Natalie from the Persian Girl Podcast. My name is Francesca, and I'm super excited to have an opportunity to share a story of my life uh, here in your podcast. Um, I am a huge fan and I've been following you ladies for a really long time. And even though I'm not Persian, uh, I do have Persian friends and I just in general enjoy the culture, the food, the music. And so I found your podcast so interesting. Um, I really enjoy your personalities and how... um, you interact and in your friendship and um again just i think it's really good podcast so i'm really glad that you ladies are uh, continuing to release more of these episodes and uh, i really hope that this podcast continues to be successful and and, uh, brings you a lot of good opportunities in the future wait just quickly I fucking love Italians. This like they're so garm. Like maybe even more so than Persian sometimes. This girl's so sweet. Oh, definitely. Okay, I, I definitely agree more so than Persian. It's a very similar culture in a lot of ways. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Okay. So with that said, I responded to your Instagram post, which in which you were asking subscribers to share a story where maybe they were dating somebody from a different culture and religion. And so I thought um, it would be a good opportunity for me to share my story because historically I have dated pretty much whoever I've dated has been from a different religion or uh, culture or both. Um, And so I definitely have stories, but I definitely have one which is the most impactful one. It was the longest relationship I had and... uh, With that said, let's get started. So when I was 20, so this was around 2010, I had met someone. He was very kind and uh, respectful and it was really easy to talk to him. So, and besides that, like I said, he was very cute. So he catched my eye. He, he, He had my attention, that's for sure. So with that said, at some point we exchanged Facebooks. Yeah, Facebook information, because at the time there was no Instagram. And so one night after classes, uh, I met him up at this taco place. 
And that was basically our first date, which had gone so, so well. Um, I can still remember that day. I was just, I think, you, how do you say it? Swept off your feet. Like, I, I was so happy. Um, he just felt like such a nice person. It was really easy to talk to him. Um, I felt very safe with him. And so I would say that that was a pretty successful first date. <clears throat> So after that date, we did keep seeing each other, but we weren't quote unquote official. We didn't claim that we were boyfriend or girlfriend. That was something we had not spoken about because obviously we were still getting to know each other. But I would say things quickly, like moved quickly, um, despite not having this title of boyfriend or girlfriend. And that's because he started bringing me around his friends and I started bringing some of my friends around as well. And so our lives became very interconnected simply because his friends were now my friends and vice versa. So with that said, we kept hanging out uh, alone, <clears throat> one-on-one and with our friends. And I knew very well that I liked him. I knew that I'm pretty good with in, in the terms that I'm very assertive. I know if I genuinely like somebody or not. And so the end of summer was approaching. And I remember just going to his house one day and, and bringing this up. And at the time, he pretty much told me that he was not ready to... Um, commit 100% to a relationship because apparently there were certain things going on in his life. And obviously, I didn't take take it well because <clears throat> I didn't know him well enough to trust that that was an honest answer. And I thought, oh, maybe, maybe he found somebody else or maybe he just doesn't want to have a committed relationship. Um, Sorry, I just have to pause this because this is a longer voice note and I'm afraid I'm going to lose this thought by the end of it. But it's so funny, like the whole, the thing that a lot of men say, like, oh, I'm not looking for a relationship or I can't commit to one right now. It used to, maybe like at one point it was an honest answer and like sometimes it still could be. But because it's like one of the most abused lines, no one is taking that seriously anymore. I mean, if one you of my friends tells me like a guy told that to them, I just say run. It's become the dog ate my homework mm -hmm. of the dating world. Exactly. Because literally, I remember <laughs> one time I spent hours on my math homework in like elementary school and then the paper fell on the floor when I wasn't looking. My dog actually tore it apart. And I came to class the next day. I'm like, my dog gave my homework. And my teacher was like, Natalie. Yeah. Come on. Uh, I wasn't born yesterday. And like, I like, brought the proof with me, actually. I like had like teeth marks in it. And it was torn apart. And like she like apologized for not believing me. Um, but yeah, that's the thing. Some guys, it, it might be honest. That might be the truth. But nobody's going to believe them anymore. Because it's become the dog ate my homework. Yeah. Like the dating world. Yeah, no, it's like when this guy who <laughs> I, I don't think I talked about it because like at the time it was too soon and I was like, oh, well, this person's probably still listening. But now this is so long ago that I actually can reference this. But for like years, this guy who I was initially not interested in and then he was interested in me. I mean, yeah. And then and then like then it reversed and then he when I became interested, he just kept saying like, oh, well, I just like, I'm not in the place to commit, right? Like I can't be in a relationship right now, like for whatever reasons. And I really thought like, okay, you know what, Millie, like you've heard, like everyone says that's bullshit, but because he had prior interest in you and you know that, and like, these also sound like good reasons. Maybe he's like, he's actually being honest. So I was like really giving the benefit of the doubt. And then like only a year later to find out that like, we finally clarified oh no when I meant that I didn't want to be in a relationship I meant I don't want to be in a relationship with you and it's like well thank you for clarifying that after acting like my, oh my god <laughs> but I hate when he clarified that he was like he was like I thought that was obvious when I said 
I, I can't have a relationship right now. I meant with you. And it's like, how? Oh, that- oh, yeah, I totally forgot about that part. I honestly mentally blocked. It was implied. Part. It was implied that I meant with you specifically, not in general. Like, yeah. And it's oh. like, I was actually talking with my friend last night about how it's the people, men and women, who like the ones, it's exactly them who say, oh, I actually, I can't be in a relationship. I'm not looking to be in a relationship that are the ones who initiate doing the most relationship type things. Like this guy that I'm describing, like he was the one doing those types of things. And it's just like, I never asked to see you because like, if I already know that, like if you told me you're not looking for that, like I'm not going to be the one to make the move. And I'm also not... I'm not like a pushy girl. Like, I don't know how to be that person. So, you know what I mean? So it's like definitely not me making the relationship move. So that's the thing. Those types of guys, they're the ones who do the most relationship things because, I mean, it makes sense. They, They want to do the relationship things without wanting the label and the responsibility of the actual relationship. So that's why they're the type of guys that say that because they feel the need to say it because they still want to be able to do relationship things with you, but they want to make it clear they do not want a relationship with you. Any normal guy who's just, I don't know, meeting up with you to have sex and then is like, oh, we're not hanging out. We're not going on dates. We're not introducing each other to each other's family. It's clear they don't want a relationship because they're not doing those relationship yeah, things. Exactly. You need to say it. But these assholes are like, let me make it clear. I want to do everything that people in relationships do, but I don't want a relationship with you. Exactly. Yeah. So, uh, okay, back to Francesca. Back to Francesca. So with that said, um, we didn't necessarily part ways, but I was obviously very disappointed and sad. And so I was trying my best to sort of move on. Um, but because we are friends, we're, we had friends in common now, Anytime I was invited to a function or an event, he was there. And so it was a bit hard to try to forget about him or move on and just be be friends. Um, and then kind of went on pretty much the entire fall semester. So um, again, that was uh, the fall semester of 2010. And... Um, a few months passed by, I was very focused on my studies and then kind of around the holidays. So I would say beginning of December, he reached out to me um, to talk one-on-one and pretty much he told me that he couldn't stop thinking about me and that he really liked me and that now he was ready to just go ahead and, and uh, have a relationship basically to um, be officially boyfriend and girlfriend. And of course I was extremely happy about that. And I would say, so basically December, 2010, it's when we officially became a couple. Now I do want to, um, clarify that it was official to everyone except his parents. So my parents knew that we were dating because I did tell them. And also like, I think I've said this earlier, um, even before we were officially dating, he had come to my house because I used to host some friends and family events. And so my parents had already met him, but his parents didn't know. And I, I had agreed to keep this quote unquote, a secret for just a few months, just to give us enough time to, to see how we were doing. But also because I had already been in some situations in which, again, because of dating somebody from a different culture, sometimes, you know, one or the other needs to keep the relationship a secret because they think their parents are not going to approve. And so I didn't want to fall into that again. And so I made it very clear that after a couple of months, like he had to go and and talk to his parents because I just didn't want to be a secret. Little did we know that one of his parents already knew that we were dating because it was very obvious. Again, because I used to go to their, their hookah lounge, um, one of the parents, I guess, was very um, attentive. 
and realize that you know we you know that we were very friendly but obviously that their son liked me so uh one of their parents pretty much knew that we were dating at this point and they were completely fine with it and they were actually happy um that he was dating me um and I can say that the support of this parent was extremely helpful. I think that's what, again, kept us in a relationship because of that support. And it kept us together as long as we were because we were together for five years. Um, obviously, my parents were supportive as well. But you know, usually it's... Um, my parents have never really had any issues with me dating somebody from a different background or religion in general. So um, I never really had any issues on their end, on that end. Of course, as parents, I think sometimes they do have some concerns more because they don't want to see their daughter um, being disappointed or having their, her heart broken. So, but, you know, they realize I'm an adult and I need to make my own decisions but with that said, we had the support of one parent who really, really, really um, liked me and thought I was a good fit for their son and really saw that I was genuinely a person that cared about their son and meant well, was hardworking. Um, so yes, she, so in, the, in this, and so in this case, this parent did not care that I didn't I wasn't from that background, meaning that I wasn't Middle Eastern, I didn't speak Arabic, uh, and that I wasn't a, a, a practicing Muslim. So with that said, this parent did appreciate though that I was curious enough to learn about the culture um, because that was also my way to show not only really respect, but really to try to connect and understand the parents and, and also my boyfriend at the time, right? Because even though he was born in the US, you're still influenced by your parents. And so for me, it is extremely important to uh, be connected and understand the background. Uh, another quick thing. I'm not sure if um, they were the girl, uh, this girl, that, the guy she was dating was a different kind of person that their family was more because they were more religious, they spoke Arabic, or if she just made um, made an error there when she, because I don't really know many Persians who speak Arabic at home. Um, like maybe like if they're very religious, they they will learn it to read the Quran, but I don't know. But anyways, maybe oh, interesting. Also, also, maybe they were like not just Persian, but also yeah, they could have been yeah, like some yeah. Type, some sort of it. And so with that said, uh, the support of this parent really helped because the other parent, um, once uh, this person found out that their son and myself, we were dating, um, this person wasn't very happy about it. And I do want to clarify that this person didn't have anything against me necessarily. What I mean by that, this person didn't think I was a bad influence or a bad person. This person recognized that I was obviously somebody that came from a good family, very honest, hardworking, um, that I that I did care for their son. But this person, I would say, had a very close-minded and traditional outlook on how relationships should work and very logical. And, and, and to this person, the, it was better that their son would date someone from the same um, country where they were from, that spoke the language, and obviously that practiced Islam. So in the end, no matter how good I was, right, I I wasn't going to be the fit. So with that said, obviously that, that made me not angry, but it made me sad because it obviously made me feel throughout the relationship that somehow I was not good enough for their son and that I was never going to be good enough for their son. Because obviously, yes, I, I, I wanted to actually learn the language. So that's something that I could have done. No problem. Um, I could have even converted uh, to Islam. And um, 
but other than that, I couldn't change where I was from, right? So I couldn't change inherently who, who I was, where I was born from. And, and I wouldn't want to even do that. I, I'm proud of where I'm from. And I don't think I should like change that, right? Sorry, uh, I just, <laughs> again, I'm afraid that I'm going to lose my, tra the, my train of thought here. But I think um, it's interesting to bring up this concept of white people again, <laughs> like uh, in terms of when you say that or when like when we refer that colloquially, we mean someone who just uh, perhaps they immigrated from somewhere else, but somewhere along the line of the generations of their family, whatever culture got kind of lost and they're sort of whatever culture they have is just aligned with whatever is happening in contemporary media or culture in a way. And they are more willing to adopt and immerse themselves in another culture. Whereas this Italian girl, like, no, how could she give up her entire identity? Like, do you know how much of an identity she have? Do you know what identity Italians are? Like, how could she give that up for him? But that's why, like, we had this episode, I forgot which one it was, where we were talking about how, I think it was with the uh, the girl getting married to an Indian guy and how, like, it's so much easier to adopt in, like, Iranians. They love to bring in someone like just Amri Kai, like, they don't oh, yeah. have anything like, oh, oh, you don't know about turmeric? <laughs> <laughs> I teach you. Yeah. yeah, but but then you meet someone that uses even more spices than we do, and it's like, oh, okay, like now we have to learn about their shit too. Like now we have to care. Yeah. Like I think that's another big challenge. It's like not only is it like marrying outside the community, but like or marrying outside your culture, but two two really influential cultures or two strong cultures clashing is another uh yeah another conflict but the this sort of low confidence low self-esteem did start to kick in because i was in love with my boyfriend and i wanted to i wanted things to work out and what i mean by that is that i actually wanted this to lead eventually to a marriage and us having you know a family and me being accepted by everyone that means both parents. And so because I knew that this one parent uh, didn't think I was a good fit, I actually even contemplated seeking, um, contemplated even converting to, to Islam to appease, um, to appease this person um, while I also learned the language. And so I started going to the local masjid um, during Friday prayers. I even joined sometimes during Ramadan. Um, I bought a translation of the Quran and I, I really did a lot of uh, work on my own to learn about the, the language and, and the religion. But the thing is that it wasn't even my boyfriend who, who wanted this, right? Th this was something that this one parent had an issue with that I wasn't and I didn't have all these things and I was trying so hard especially the first few years to basically please not even my boyfriend but this one parent expectations or ideas because I thought that if I did these things then I will be looked at as the perfect future daughter-in-law the perfect quote-unquote girlfriend and so it really did consume a lot of my, you know, it consumed me a lot. And obviously my self-esteem wasn't necessarily the greatest. Also because this person, whenever they saw me, they never treated me bad as in they talked down to me, but they didn't, they didn't really interact with me. I almost felt like I did not exist. And I think actually sometimes that's even worse than you being talked down. Um... And so I never sat down with Willis parent and really had a true, true conversation at all. Um, I think the most I've said, oh, how are you? Hope you're doing well. And that's it. And that's probably a handful of times. And mind you, I was with this person for so many years. So just imagine that. Uh, regardless, we kept going. 
um, because at a time the relationship was strong enough. What I mean that we were both on the same page. We both loved each other. We both wanted a future together. And so we, we kept going. We were able to, I guess, survive and, and kind of jump through these hoops um, and get through these challenging times, regardless of the opposition that we were facing. But another thing that had also happened as a result of this person not really thinking I was a fit for the family is that this person at some point attempted to try to get my boyfriend at a time engaged to one of their cousins overseas. <clears throat> so imagine when I find that out, I was obviously in shock because I've never been through something like that where a parent of the person I'm dating is literally trying to set up their son with somebody else. Um, obviously, my boyfriend was very much against it simply because, well, at the time, I know for sure, and he also knew for sure that he was in love with me. Um, also, this cousin didn't speak any English, and my boyfriend didn't speak a lot of Arabic, and um, they didn't even know if they had anything in common, and, and also it was their cousin, and, and he didn't really want to date anyone from his family. So, uh, that obviously didn't come to fruition, but just the fact that you would have a parent go and do that, obviously as the girlfriend, I felt, uh, I mean, obviously I, I felt angry and I also felt like, wow, like this person really, really just doesn't like me at all to the point that they are going against their son's wishes and trying to find someone for him and trying to force it upon him. So there was another little thing that happened throughout that time. But again, that never happened. But like I said, we were together for five years, meaning that we're not together anymore. Um, obviously, what led to the breakup was really something, other things that are personal to that family. Hence the reason I'm not mentioning their names. But I can say that the stress that the family was going through and just all these things, which in the end, I do believe that somehow in there, there, there is a bit of a cultural factor that played into it, did add a lot of stress to the relationship. And, and in the end, we, we weren't able to, we weren't together. Now, I do want to clarify that he broke up with me. It wasn't me. Um, I was still very much in love with him. So when he broke up with me, I was heartbroken <laughs> because I thought he was going to be the one. And so and so for me, it was definitely a huge hit. Uh, of course, now we're in 2021, so I'm very well recovered. But I've also learned a lot of lessons from that relationship because obviously I would say that my self-esteem and my confidence were at an all-time low that time because I just felt like I always had to be the one going the extra mile, proving myself almost, right? To 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 show that I was the perfect girlfriend, not even to my boyfriend, but to the family and and to this one particular person. And and it really consumed me. And so I just don't want to be in that position ever again. <clears throat> now that doesn't mean that I wouldn't date somebody from a different religion or background because um, I dated afterwards after I healed and, and I kind of got over this relationship. I dated other people that were from quote unquote, a, a different background than mine. And so <clears throat> this definitely hasn't stopped me from keeping my options open. Um, but I have some lessons that I have learned. So me and Natalie have been wondering since Francesca <laughs> Which I we totally respect that she doesn't want to specify which parent was of her ex boyfriend was the one who disapproved. Yeah. But I think we both have reason okay. to believe that it was probably the mother. Yeah. <laughs> to me, only like I I feel like a Middle Eastern father. If the girl was sweet and cute and nice. You'll be like, oh, it's okay. She'll learn, whatever. Yeah. But a mother, I feel like only a mother can be so malicious <laughs> and so like stereotypical. Really fitting the stereotype of like trying to like set up her son with a cousin from overseas <laughs> while he's dating this other girl. Like just like really like make it burn. Like I feel like only a mother 
would do such a well i love how i love how uh chill this italian girl is with the shock that she doesn't even like go over the incest part <laughs> like she's the uh, she's not even focusing on she doesn't even have time to focus on the outrage of the fact that it's his cousin like she's like uh, she's really nice about that whereas most people are like what disgusting like and yeah. like it is but uh <laughs> I just thought it was so there was so much going on that it's like wait what what do I focus on the fact that we've been together for some years now and he's being set up with this cousin or the fact that she is his cousin or the fact that they don't really speak the same language or the fact that the mom doesn't even acknowledge his relationship or whichever parent quote unquote it's obviously the mom sorry yeah it's obviously the mom <laughs> but Ugh, I think it's so hard. Like this sounded really difficult, especially when you're in a relationship and you're no longer in it to like now you're trying to impress the parents. Like, you're not in it for the right reasons. And or like you're in it, it's not that you're not in it for the wrong reasons, but that you're no longer living for that other person. It's no longer just about you and him. It's now you're do you know what I mean it's just like you've taken on this or also it's the fact that she she did so much she was willing to convert she bought a Quran she tried to learn to like speak and read um and she didn't go into detail as to why they broke up in the end I guess she was worried it would give something away I, I don't know I, know, like I really wish that she could have said like what how he said it what he said yeah what his reasoning was but like for her to do so much for him and for her to go through so much and then for him to end it I'm I'm just like so curious it's like why like what was his reasoning yeah especially because it, it really does sound like he really did love her yeah and they were very much committed so I, I guess my only thing is that he wasn't strong enough, like I said, in other instances and in other episodes when we had similar submissions coming from people dating who are outside, who are not Persian, who are dating Persians and asking like what the likelihood is. And like, it really boils down to like, okay, if the parents don't accept you, like a lot of the parents won't, but it boils down to the person you're dating and if they're strong enough if they can handle it and it's like it's not even about love anymore it's like no sorry love doesn't conquer all <laughs> it's just I mean I have a family member that their son married outside the community and not even a different religion just a different ethnicity mm -hmm. and even to this day like they they've been married probably like I don't know with this family member they've been together for many years and have several children and even to this day their mother will be like oh I love my daughter-in-law despite the fact that she's from insert mm -hmm. uh, ethnicity here that isn't Persian and it's like what does that even mean what do you mean despite the fact that she's this like <laughs> what's that have to do with anything so yeah, some people, it doesn't matter, like, even if they actually really like you, and even if, like, it's been years, like, they'll still, like, hold it against you, that you're, like, like, I know, and she says it in front of everybody, and we're all just, like, laughing at her, like, are you okay? Wow. Yeah. Well, I wish we knew more about how this ended, but there's actually one more uh, note from Francesca. And as a last note, I just thought about this, but I guess this is a learning lesson. But basically, if if you are a person who is willing to date outside of your culture and religion or either one of those things, you yourself had to be ready to do that. And what I mean is that sometimes we don't all have families that are really open-minded and um, are okay with the children dating outside of the culture or the religion, and basically dating outside of something that they're familiar with. And so if you are that type of person that you don't see 
an issue with dating somebody from a different background or religion, then and your family does have an issue with that, you need to be strong enough to be able to make your own decisions without being heavily influenced by them. Of course, I come from strong family ties, but my family still doesn't have a say in who I date. Of course, I know they probably have some preferences, I'm sure. Um, but they have never stopped me in any type of way from dating someone or or shunned me um, for it, right? And so I've been very blessed with that as well. But with that said, I know not everybody comes from that background. Some some individuals really have strong family ties to the point in which decisions such as who is going to be your life partner are very much dictated by the family or the culture or the community or everything, <clears throat> all of the above. And so if you are that type of person and you know your family is going to be against it, you need to be able to stand on your own two feet because if you cannot stand on your own um, and if you just do what your parents do just to please them, then you're probably going to do a disservice to the person who are who you're dating. With that said, the reverse, if you are willing to out, to date outside of your culture and your parents are supportive, then you need to make sure that whoever you are dating that is from a different background is also ready to take on that as well. Because you don't want to be on this, the other side of the coin where your family is very welcoming to that person you also have no issues with them being from a different background, but maybe him or her or maybe the person's family do have issues with that. And, and then you encounter a lot of resistance. That relationship may not even continue. It may end or it may be very um, stressful if the parents of that person have a very very a big say right in 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 who their son or daughter dates and if that person you're dating is not strong enough to stand on their own two feet and make it a point that they are the ones that who should choose who their life partner is going to be or whoever they date then you may run into some trouble so both individuals need to be very independent in their thinking Yes, of course, you should always take into consideration your family's opinion, but that shouldn't be necessarily the law or the the last word. I take in consideration my parents' opinions along with other opinions, my own opinions or maybe somebody else's advice, and then I kind of ultimately I had to make the last decision based on on what I think, but I do take it in consideration, but it's not necessarily the 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 one opinion which is going to um, influence my entire choice. It cannot be that way. Like you, you need to be able to make your own choices as an adult, be an independent thinker, have a mind of your own, stand on your own two feet. So that's what I would say is a learning lesson. Like you need to be able to stay strong on your own. Always, yes, respect your family, but also don't let their decisions or opinions or even other people from the community, whatever community you're from, literally take over your life and almost make decisions for you. Okay, even though I heard these clips before, hearing this last one, it really, really just hit me in a more intense way, extreme way. How sort of terrifying it is to be on the other side of the situation because like me and you were always focusing on because we come from this side where like not only we have to well I guess our like yeah in an ideal world like we have to fulfill this finding partners Persian and Jewish yeah like we discuss how in our families it's actually more focused on the religious thing because that's anyway the separate discussion but we have that stress and thinking about how it's going to devastate our families and our relationship with our parents but it yeah this yes that's bad but 
you feel so you have absolutely no control and it's really you're, you must be in such fear when you don't know what's in store for you when you love someone who you don't know if they're going to be strong enough to go against their family you don't know you know what i mean you just have to kind of put ent- your entire trust in them so like as much as she's giving this information like what can you do if you're on the other side of this situation like that really does suck and it made me empathize in a way that i guess i wasn't able to before i think that type of rejection is something that's very hard to get over and it's it especially hurts if you were rejected and then you see the person who was accepted and they don't even necessarily um fit every criteria that the parents wanted it's just that that person was willing to fight harder for them and not for you like I I know an example and I feel like there are many examples like this my mom had a friend um who's dating another friend of hers who wasn't Persian and also not Jewish and she was willing to convert and she was learning Farsi And she was doing all these things and it still wasn't enough and he didn't fight for her and they didn't end up together. And then years later, he ended up marrying someone not Persian and not Jewish who converted. And like that ex is still in the circle and like still in the little group of friends. She knows that that happened. And it just like really stings. Like this person wasn't willing to fight for me, but like, fought for this other person okay i i was not expecting you to i wasn't i didn't think that was what you were trying to say and that was the, oh. of the story that's so fucked up that you know someone who like it wasn't even ultimately about being from like it, it just i guess had to no it was like to fight for her so no, I, no, I no. It, It was about not being from the culture and not being from the religion. I think it's just the fact that as he got older, his parents kind of just like gave up and they're like, you're already so old and like, you're still single and you're not settling down. Like whatever, just like fucking marry whoever you want at this point. So I think it was just like the idea of like their parents giving up. How old was he when he was seeing his first girlfriend? Uh, in his 20s and when he finally settled down what early 20s early 20s early 20s like early to mid 20s and when he finally settled down he was in his late 40s to early 50s oh whoa okay well that's like yeah that's totally different i don't think he was yes i think i think at that point yeah at that point like his um Parents were older. They just wanted to see him settle down and have kids. Like, they were kind of just like, whatever, fuck it. But yeah, it stings. Because, like, she was still in the friend group. And, like, she, like, saw him end up with someone else. And, like, for her, it's like, oh, he could have just been with me. Like, why wasn't I enough? Type of thing. Yeah, yeah the, these relationships that end in sort of a, in, in atypical ways have a different taste of tragedy Uh, but thank you to Francesca and our our Italian our beloved Italian listener thank you for all the kind words and the advice and also to um, our the first submission from our German anonymous German Oh, so many foreign listeners. Yeah, no, I, I, I really like. I think it's good to that we're branching out to Persians from all, from all over, and or, or people who have simply been um, victimized by Persians and who aren't Persians. Oh yeah, yeah. Whoa, yeah. Persians <laughs> being <laughs> not. <laughs> thank, thank you for not hating Christians too much that you could yeah still thank you yeah that you're still enjoying our podcast <laughs> no actually because I think I would just be so traumatized um and I think I would like almost hate the culture as a whole and like not be as understanding as you are and I think it's so great that you can like look past that and be like I don't hate all Persians just like this specific situation that sucked but yeah, just thank you for sharing with us and thank you for 
especially Francesca, for bringing a perspective to the table that me and Millie can't bring to our listeners, bringing a perspective from someone who's on the other side of the situation. Yeah, and we received a few other submissions, but they uh, we couldn't use it for this episode, but thank you guys yeah. for reaching out to us. Um, we know nobody has the attention span for like a two and a half hour episode so but if you like this style of episode we're thinking of incorporating more of these submissions from you on different topics so send us a message if if that's something you want to hear more of and we'll see you next time Okay, hold off this. Hold off this. Hold off this. Shabbatun Becher. Javun Hoi, Irunio, Duf Donio, Kelvan, Bushmikona. Okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> we should do an um an exit to an episode where we just say okay, 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 okay. repeatedly. Okay, okay, okay. okay. For, for, for those who don't know, <laughs> for those who don't know, every time me and Millie would um when she lived in the city and we would get ready to leave her apartment to like go out. When she was like doing her final things, like putting on her shoes, getting her bag together, whatever, she, she would say okay repeatedly. And like it was like Tourette's. After every after, okay. Literally, she couldn't stop. She just had like okay Tourette's. Okay. <laughs> and I would start making fun of her. I would start going along with it. I'd be like, okay. okay. It's okay. so scary. I didn't notice that you were making fun of me. It took me a really long time. I just thought you were also doing this mental checklist with me. <laughs> that's that's cute. That's cute that you thought that. Okay. 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 Actually, I'm really hungry and I haven't had breakfast yet. Okay. 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 Millie. What else do I agree? Chat. Um, Chat. 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 Bye. Say bye.